Protecting your assets for the next generation. You're listening to The Strong Room, a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 770 CHQR. Welcome to The Strong Room on 770 CHQR. I'm Peter Watts. Caregiving and the potential for elder abuse is the theme of today's show. A bit later, Macmillan Estate Planning Legal Counsel Henry Villanueva will be along to talk about the importance of monitoring caregivers and of having a plan in place for the financial well-being of a loved one. But we begin with a reality check. As we age, declining mental capacity is something each of us will probably have to deal with. Alzheimer's disease is still something the experts know very little about. Dr. Robert Sutherland, a neuroscientist at the University of Lethbridge, is embarking on a new research project to try and understand the origins of the disease. We're using non-human animal um, uh, experiments to attempt to simultaneously image the way that um, the disease process in Alzheimer's disease spreads through the brain, uh, causing disruption in uh, functions including memory. I presume that you are building on work that's been done previously. In layman's terms, can you describe the challenge that you're trying to address here? At the moment, no one can say for certain what it is about the changes in the brain of a person with Alzheimer's disease that really causes the memory problems, other behavioral disruptions, and ultimately the loss of cells in the brain. We don't know the real culprit. Part of the problem is that with humans um, who are suffering from the disease, we have limited ability to look into the brain at the time that the disease is starting to spread. We don't really come across these people until rather late in the disease process itself. So by the time we see someone who's showing memory problems, there are several major changes in their brain. Um, And what we can do in non-human animals is we can actually, uh, with a variety of techniques, we can seed the disease, Alzheimer's disease, uh, in the brain of these animals. And we can watch how it spreads from that seed through the brain as we're measuring memory and behavioral functions through the lifespan of that animal. So you're using the animals in a variety of ages and and starting with the earliest or the youngest uh, to see what kind of transition is taking place over time. That's right. In our our earliest uh, development study, we're actually beginning with two-month-old animals. Um, and we're seeding um, a couple of um, molecules into the brain of these animals that we know are present in the brains of people who are suffering from Alzheimer's disease. And so we're watching how those molecular seeds spread as the animal grows up and achieves middle age and ultimately old age. Um, And we're able, using our imaging techniques, to literally peer through a window uh, into the brain of these animals to see how things are changing. And I take it there's some hope of reliability of this. It's not possible to take a young person as an example uh, and and not so much you don't want to seed 
uh, Alzheimer's into that individual, but you want to measure brain transition over a period of time uh, to see what appears. Exactly. And so um, what what we what, what the research in people and, and certainly some good experiments that have been done in non-human animals um, seems to suggest is that um, the culprit, uh, the one molecular um, uh, problem that has been identified in every person with Alzheimer's disease does not seem to be the key um, to why some people develop severe memory and other kinds of behavioral problems. Uh, and others don't. So it turns out um, there's a molecule called amyloid beta um, that every single person with Alzheimer's disease has in excess. Uh, and people for a long time thought that this was the culprit in producing the, the really horrendous symptoms in those with Alzheimer's disease. We now know that you can have a very, very heavy load of, of this particular molecule, amyloid beta, and be absolutely sharp as a tack mentally. Um, and so uh, work with non-human animals and now uh, some work with human beings has shown that that isn't the culprit. So now it becomes increasingly important to look at how the other features of the disease develop to target the real culprit in this disease. Um, and so we have a couple of leads from human work on what that might be. And we're going to track those through the lifespan of um, the animals in our experiments. The onset of declining health and dementia places an extraordinary importance on selecting a caregiver. It's often a member of the family. It can be a paid professional. In the case of a family member, that person may be trying to live his or her own life in addition to caring for a loved one. Sandy Sarita is executive director of Caregivers Alberta. Caregivers soon lose track of who they are. And um, they're so focused on the person that they're caring for that often they're not caring very well for themselves. Uh, the uh, the numbers are, are amazing or they are startling, depending on your point of view. Alberta Health Indeed. estimates 600,000 to 750,000 Albertans serve as caregivers at any given time. Uh, the uh, mandate is to support those caregivers who provide between 80 and 90 percent of care outside a clinical setting through 140 community partnerships across Alberta. So this is a vast labor force that um, uh, toils in the shadows sometimes, is appreciated on a very individual basis uh, by by people who are around them or people that they are caring for, uh, but that maybe is ignored uh, by the larger Alberta community. It's one of those things that people just say, I'm just the daughter or I'm just the husband, or I'm just the auntie that's looking after the patient, and they don't recognize themselves oftentimes as caregivers. So it's not any wonder that the rest of the community doesn't necessarily recognize them either. And it's not until somebody's usually gone through much of the caregiving journey that they recognize that um, recognition would be helpful and um, community support would be helpful. The organization tries to provide a support network for the caregiver, both for his or her own well-being, as well as assisting in the work the caregiver is doing for a loved one. That's really the idea, is for people to uh, to know that they can turn to Caregivers Alberta to receive um, supports either from our office or recommendations of other places they can go across the province for for counseling and uh, how to navigate the healthcare system, which 
you and I know can often be uh, an, a very onerous business. Um, yeah, and, and just to be able to find other supports in the community, maybe that's uh, looking for power of attorney, maybe that's looking for some financial supports, and what are the options out there? It's clear that caregiving is becoming an increasingly important part of the Canadian workforce. I think that's one of the most exciting things for me right now, is that caregiving is um, really starting to be on the forefront of um, governmental conversations, both at the provincial level and at the national level. And what I find really exciting is that um, there is now, and much more so than there has been in the past, um, a, a political will to recognize caregivers for the work that they do and to recognize that if we can spend a little bit on the social services needed for caregivers, we're probably going to impact their well-being um, and we're also going to impact the healthcare outcomes for uh, the patients that they serve. One of the challenges in dealing with governments is the kind of silo mentality that comes to too many parts of uh, society today, where you can break down the silos, where you can create collaborative exercises involving mm-hmm. multiple agencies, and where the dollars get used more effectively can really deliver some good value. Absolutely. One of our challenges is that caregivers cross the spectrum of ministries in the province. So they are impacted by, uh, they're, they're a large part of seniors and housing. They're also part of labor. Um, we also have young caregivers. Um, employment supports are important. And so it's difficult for the province to really grasp something that's so wide-ranging and try and do it from within one ministry. That's Sandy Sarita of Caregivers Alberta. Now that you're through getting your income tax filing done for 2017, it's time to think about 2018. It's time to act on getting your financial house in order. That should start with learning about creating a life plan. Macmillan Estate Planning offers three opportunities to do just that. Tuesday, May 29th in Edmonton, Wednesday, May 30th in Red Deer, and Thursday, May 31st in Calgary. You can register online for any of those seminars at macmillanestate.com. It's a chance to get your house in order before summer. A chance for some peace of mind because you have a plan for your life going forward. Don't put it off. Check out MacMillanEstate.com or call the office weekdays during business hours at 403-266-6464. In a moment, legal counsel Henry Villanueva joins us. You're listening to The Strong Room on 770 CHQR.